what's more important, what you do have or what you don't have? Today, we're talking about the language that we use that affects the things that we see and how we are. And a lot of that language is tied to how we talk about the things we have and the things we don't have. Hey, welcome to Communication on Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta. Let's get started. You've heard the comments from people. Some change occurs, something unexpected, a new challenge. Something comes up, and the first response is for them to list off the things that they don't have, to lament about what other people have and they don't have, and how they're never going to be able to take care of this issue or overcome this challenge because of all of the things they don't have. And that affects our resourcefulness, our creativity, our energy, all of the things that we need to overcome the challenges that we're presented with begin with the language that we use and the stories that we tell ourselves. So you think about that. You find yourself maybe at work. A challenge comes up, a request maybe even from a customer. You know, it, it can show up in the form of opportunities, actually, that we get frustrated and flustered about. The client wants us to do something, and the first thought we have is, well, there's no way we're going to be able to do that because we don't have this machine or we don't have this skill or we don't have this person. And when we go to that language, which is the easiest language for us to go to, it creates blockers for our ability to solve the problem at hand or capitalize on the opportunity that we're being presented with. And so one of the things that we can do is be aware of the language that's being used around us. So we're affected by the, the people that we're around and their language affects how we speak about things and how we speak about things affects how we think about things and how we think about things affects how we act on things. And so take a look around and observe, is the language that people around you, could be your friends, could be your coworkers, could be your family members, is their language oriented on the things they don't have? And this can look like, I don't have the right degree. I don't have the right connections. I don't have enough money. I don't have the right mentor. Uh, my parents aren't around. My skill isn't where it needs to be, right? We, we talk about the things that we don't have. Do you hear people around you focusing first on the things they don't have? Or another twist on this, is for them to focus on what others have instead of themselves. Well, I mean, if I had gone to Harvard, I would have been as successful as that person. See, that's another form of focusing on what I don't have. And when I do that, I immediately shut down my ability to solve the problem at hand. Now, let's contrast that with what's the language that I use to affect my resourcefulness and my thinking in positive ways. Well, this isn't about being, you know, naively optimistic, saying, oh, everything's going to turn out great. You know, uh, I'm wonderful. And my parents always told me I'm wonderful. This is not about naive optimism. This is about a pragmatic assessment of reality. And so when I look at the things that I do have, I begin creating you could say the elements of the opportunity that I can act upon. So if my focus is on what I don't have, maybe I don't have 
the degree or the pedigree to get into that organization or to get that type of a job. Okay, that that's a fact. You could call that a uh, maybe a TBU, true but useless in this moment. Okay, so I don't have the degree, but then I can begin asking myself the flip side of that question. And that is, well, what do I have? Maybe I have experience. Maybe I have a fresh way of looking at things because I'm not coming to the problem that maybe this client has with the same type of training and view of the world as everybody else that went through that Ivy League education. I come at it from a different perspective, and that becomes now my advantage. The only way that I can see it as that is if I begin with the language that I, that I use with others and with myself to open up the possibilities that I can begin to see. And those are the types of questions that we ask ourselves, right? So our thinking and our perceiving is driven by this internal dialogue, the questions we ask ourselves. And you can get a window into our internal dialogue or others' internal dialogue based on their external dialogue. So if I am continually focused on what we don't have or what we can't do, and that's in the conversation, that's probably what's happening even unconsciously within me. If my team is continually focused on what can't be done and the resources they don't have and the money they don't have, and there's just not enough time, okay, that is going to be occurring even when I'm not there and with them. So part of my role then can be shifting the language over towards what can we do and what do we have. Now, before we beat ourselves up or get too hard on other people around us for this tendency towards focusing on what we don't have, give yourself and others some grace because this is really a default setting for us. The easiest thing for us to pick out is the anomaly, the thing that isn't uh, what we want or that we uh, prefer or that we have, think about a deck of cards. We think of it as complete if there's 52 cards. All of the different uh, cards are present. Okay, it's a complete deck. And then suddenly, if one of those cards is missing, that, that deck isn't useful to us, at least in the way that we would think about it in using it for poker or blackjack or whatever card game that you want to play. The same thing happens with our mind. We focus on the anomaly, the error, the thing that's missing. You get a new vehicle, your car, you see it, and certainly you park it in the parking lot, and what happens? Somebody puts a door ding in it. And what do you continually see? You continually focus on the one blemish, the door ding. Every time you walk to the car, you think to yourself, there it is. I can't believe that this perfect automobile has this unbelievable dent right where I can see it. So we focus on the thing that's wrong. We focus on the scratch. We focus on the missing card. And we say to ourselves, that's, that's the thing that matters most. And so this is a natural state for us to not only see what's missing, but talk about the things that we don't have. And there's, there's some benefit to that. You see, if, if we talk about the things that we don't have, we begin setting ourselves up with ourselves and with others to lower the expectation for us to achieve, for us to thrive, for us to accomplish and move forward. See, this type of feeling bad about what I don't have 
in a way can feel good. Like, you know, there's this kind of poor me in this situation and don't expect too much of me. It's a way of lowering the expectations that I can have for myself and that I can receive from others. But the people that thrive, when you look at their history over time, the tendency that they continually have is when presented with a change, when presented with a new challenge, they think in terms of, okay, what's going on? What is it we want? And what are the resources that we have available that we can do the best that we can to move forward? And that's where that resourcefulness comes from. See, if you look at creativity, when you look at innovation, it's always bound in constraints. There's limitations, always. And so everything's about trade-offs, and we're dealing with limitations and everything. And so it's okay to acknowledge there's things that we don't have. But if we want to move towards our goals, if we want to serve our customers, work to achieve the success that we envision, then acknowledging that those constraints exist and then turning the coin over and asking the question, okay, those are the constraints. What do I have? What are the things that I do have available to me? And you can challenge yourself to write down 20 things that you do have as resources, 20 things that you are grateful for, right? This type of gratitude thinking of what is available. What are the experiences that I have that I can use? What are the people that I can draw on? Sure, I can identify two people that I don't have on my team. How is that helpful? But I can sit down and say, okay, but who are the people that I do have access to and how might I get to them? So as you think about opportunities that present themselves to you, challenges, uncertainty, frustrations, this coming week, observe yourself. Think about what your first reaction is. Is it to list out and lament the things that you don't have, the things that you wished you had, the frustrations you have that somebody else has something that you don't? Or can you challenge yourself to begin looking at, okay, yeah, there's some things I don't have, but here are the things that I do have. Here are the opportunities that we can take action on. Here are the people that I can reach out to, that I can act upon. And I think what you'll find is your energy goes up, your solutions improve, and your success continues to grow. I hope there's something here that you can put to work immediately in your life. And as always, if you have thoughts or questions, send me an email. My email is dean at clarisresults.com, C-L-A-R-U-S results.com. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a great one.